Welcome to Kingdom Perspectives. My name is Corey Turner and it's my privilege to host you for today's podcast. Kingdom Perspectives is all about getting God's perspective on life, culture and ministry. In a world of increasing noise and deception, we need to cut through the confusion and complexity of the times we live in and get God's perspective on our lives. I encourage you to click on the subscribe button to automatically receive this podcast on a weekly basis. Also, if you'd like to leave us a brief review, that would be really helpful to us. And it's my privilege to introduce to everyone listening today to a great friend of mine and a great uh, colleague in the kingdom of God, Steve McCracken. How are you? Very, very, very good, my friend. It's great to have you a part of Kingdom Perspectives. Um, Thank Steve, you. you and Sally, your wife, uh, now uh, it's exciting to let the listeners know yes. that uh, just recently you're, you're part of our church here at Newmark. Absolutely. And part of the team and... And uh, but you are also part of another team. Yes. Uh, when it comes to your ministry, maybe talk a little bit about um, Dave McCracken Ministries and how you've uh, journeyed um, in recent years with that in your itinerant ministry. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, you know how much I love you. But for the sake of the viewers, uh, you're one of these guys that just does me so much good. I love the iron sharpens iron. Whenever we get together, Absolutely. we do each other good. We stir each other on and yep. maybe even give each other words every now and then. So it's <laughs> it's fantastic. But yeah, um, my journey, do you want me to just start with the, the recent one or yeah, go or back a little even bit? Yeah, go back a little bit and the lead into full-time ministry. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, born back in New Zealand in 73 and mum and dad were started pastoring two months before I was born. So wow. born into that. Yeah. And uh, grew up with a passionate love for the Lord, passionate love for worship, the Word, the presence of God. Yeah. And the best way I can describe it was at a young age, like when God called Samuel, didn't exactly know it all. Yeah. everything about it but just said you know uh, I'm here yeah. and I felt it was like God called me didn't know what it was for but it was you know I just passionately love the the word of God worship yeah. as a you know, young guy um, was involved in the creative arts involved in youth leadership that's where I started and yep. moved over when I was 19 from uh, New Zealand to Melbourne and was involved in that and at 27 went on a church plant and was a, a pastor wow. uh, associate pastor there for six and a half years and that's the interesting part of the the calling of um, into what I'm doing now and I think yeah, it's okay. a really great story for those that are listening yeah because um, while while the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives uh, are gifts that we can eagerly desire the Bible says it says yeah. follow the way of love eagerly desire you can if you want them, you can ask for them. Yep. And I believe that a lot of people don't have some of the gifts that maybe God wants to give because they're not asking. So I'd encourage the listeners, eagerly desire them. Really and, good. And which is a beautiful thing because he's a good father, so he wouldn't tell us to eagerly desire gifts if he wasn't willing to give them. Yeah, And so I think that's the spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit. But the ascension gifts in Ephesians 4, yeah. that are uh, the, the gifts of Christ, yeah. the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, teachers, I don't believe that we're to desire them. I believe they find us. Yeah, and I, I believe while the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are things that we do, the ascension gifts are who we are. Really good. And they... And we're appointed before we were born. Yeah. And we see that in Jeremiah. Before you were born, I appointed you. Yep, really good. And so I was a pastor. I was a creative arts director. That was my passion. And, and that's all I was going to do for the rest of my life. 
and I was full time. And this is how clear it was, Corey. And I, I just pray this encourages someone. Uh, I was full time. The church was going through a bit of a challenging time. So I had to go from five days a week down to three days a week wow. on, on staff just for a period of time while the church, you know, yep. righted itself. So I could have gone back to my old job at Hume Doors and, and or I could... I just felt to go and ask Dad, hey, is there anything I can do to help out? Because yeah. he was, you know, full-time and he had a part-time assistant. And I thought I could maybe do something yeah. and help him out a little bit. And he said, well, come around and chat. And so Sal and I went around at 4 o'clock on a Thursday in August in 2006. Wow. This is how Very specific. specific. No thought of being a prophet, just I'm a pastor. I'm going to go back into it. And I was about to sit down and say, Dad, this is a situation. And he said, before you speak... So he didn't know what was going on. Before you speak, uh, Father's been talking to me, can I download something? I said, yes, please. And in a nutshell, he took a period of time to say, you're my natural son. You're called to be my spiritual son. You're my Elisha. You're called to be a prophet to the nations. I'm throwing out the mantle now. If you don't pick it up, you will miss it. You're called to be a prophet. <laughs> and in that moment from pretty clear pretty clear <laughs> and no chasing from me and in that moment um, the reality was the church was in a difficult situation the elders and others that said Sally and I were the glue that was holding it together wow. and my wife had who you know very well yeah. she's a very golly lady but Absolutely. she doesn't suffer fools lightly and there's no airs <laughs> and graces speak straight to it speak straight to it she said so clearly um, before she got married she goes I never want to be married to a pastor and over my dead body will I be married to an itinerant. And so I've got the church situation, the the fact that we're Things the glue, well. what my wife is saying. And by the way, my dad had quoted word for word what I had preached the Sunday before in another church from Hebrews 11 when God speaks and calls you to do something and it makes no sense and it's not good timing, will you obey? Yeah, well. And dad actually quoted that in the calling of me and so me being the man of God when dad finished and dad said uh, what do you think uh, I, I did what any man would do I said Sally what do you think and um, <laughs> and course. I kid you not that's exactly what I did and my wife as clear as anything just turned, looked at me and she said oh no you don't you will not hide behind me Corey, wow. seriously, <laughs> where's the submission there? Yeah. And uh, and uh, she said, you will not hide behind me. You tell me. And so I cringed. I, uh, well, I know it's bad timing. I know what you think. I know that I'm called to be a pastor. This is where I'm going. But I know that I know that I know God has spoken. Yeah, really and for good. me to say anything but yes would be disobedience. That's what I feel in my spirit. So I say yes. Yep. Now, Sally, what are you saying? And I, I did brace myself. And she said when I sat down before Dad opened his mouth, he said, as clear as anything I've ever heard, the prophet of the Lord is about to speak. Your answer is to be yes and amen. Wow. So I say yes. That wow. was that Thursday at 5 o'clock. By the Monday, we had gone through the pastor, the elders, our closest friends, and announced to the church on the Sunday. And Monday, I started with Dad. Two months transition out of being a pastor, and I was full-time from October on. And the moment I said yes, the mantle came on me, and it exploded. That is amazing. So um, how long have you been uh, now partnering with your dad in, in the ministry? Of prophetic 13 and, ministry? and a half years. Full time and, and traveling the world, rich, really, isn't yeah, it? Hasn't it yeah, traveling that whole time, yeah, yeah. And um, you've also been writing during that time. Tell us a little bit about believing in you, what you've sure. done in the past, yeah, as well as h how has that morphed or evolved in this season for sure. Um, talk for sure. about that, yeah. Um, 
again, this is our specific, June 24th, 2008, um, I was crying out to God and I said, God, um, would you move my heart with compassion? And uh, dangerous prayer, I know. And as clear as anything, he says, I want you to feed people every day for the rest of your life. Wow. And he said, in a world of many negative, critical voices, I want you to be a positive voice in people's lives. And I just want you to start to send out an email um, on the July 1st, a week later, every day for the rest of your life, out of the overflow of your, your time with me. I don't want you to structure it. I'm going to do this. No, out of your overflow, just write wow. something that encourages people. So I started that on July 1st. And so um uh, entering my 13th year every day now. And um, it's amazing. just... It's just, it can be on anything from one day to the next. It's uh, sometimes there's series and flow. Sometimes I go deep into that. It's often obviously prophetic because it's, yep. that's what I am, a prophet. And so it yep. flows from that. So I, I love to do that. And, and that's gone, you know, all o- around the world. So again, you can speak to people that you, you will never see face to face. Yeah, and so absolutely. that's one of the ways uh, I, I uh, love to encourage people. It's powerful, mate. So let's get right to it. Currently, sure. we're yes. several months yep. into uh, a global pandemic, mm. and mm. some of the good news is it's starting to. Some of the restrictions yeah, are starting God. to ease up. Yep. Um, and that's all heading in the right direction. But what do you, as a um, prophetic voice yes. um, in the body of Christ, what do you think God's saying right now? Firstly, to the church. Yes. Scripture talks about, you know, judgment begins with the house of God. Sure. But also God's heart for his bride. Sure. What's God saying to the church during this time? And then what is what in saying that to the church, what does that mean for the rest of the world around us? Wow. Uh, because clearly we are um, seeing things happen in our generation that we haven't seen before. Um, and this isn't the first time these types of events have happened in human history. There are lots of examples throughout human history of various global events, uh, flus, pandemics, crises, world wars, all sorts of things that have influenced the planet. But in our generation, we have not seen churches shut down. No. We have not seen, um, uh, from a government perspective, non-essential services, restaurants shut down, shopping, the whole thing has been turned on its head, what is God saying in the midst of it? Sure. Brilliant question. And it's important. This is the whole thing, kingdom perspective, perspective, um, seeing things how God sees things. And uh, it's not just, and I think I mentioned to you previous to this interview, the the difference between the vision and perspective, and it plays. Vision is when seeing something. Yeah. You know, you and I in this room, we can look and we can see yeah. the bottle of water or whatever it may be. Yeah. But perspective is not that you see something, it's, it's how you see it. Really good. And, you know, he gave me a picture last week and this plays right into your question. And I, I, I saw this quick flash of a couple scenes and I saw this forest full of trees. And um, instantly, like I had these overlapping pictures uh, uh, two different pictures I saw someone stand up on a mountain looking down into this valley where this forest of trees were and beside it was this flowing river and these uh, meadows and fields it was a, a scene of beauty yep. and that forest was a part of it and then I had an instant flash of another scene which was a person that was standing inside that forest and it was very dense and all they could see were the forest and they got a sense of they were lost and they were trapped and they had no way out and God showed me in that 
moment that the person that was lost and trapped in that forest seen nothing but trees and and that person stand up on top of a hill was seeing this they were seeing the exact same trees vision but their perspective made all the difference really good and so we all see what's going on in the natural we all see the pandemic we all see what's happening around the world seeing what's happening is normal yep what makes or breaks us is how we see it through which lens we see it through and i believe that father has a desire for the people of God to see everything happening on this world through his lens. This is your kingdom come, your will be done. Yep. We want to see. And so it's a great question, what, what's he saying now? I actually think this is one of the most critical times in the last three months. Yep. When you're asking the question, it just I felt God starting to speak to me. We thought it was two or three months ago. Yep. This is the most important time. Yeah. But we, we sort of got into a bit of rhythm and, and yep. doing things. Yep. Now that they're talking about opening it up, I actually think this is more critical I, than back then. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Because it's going it, to, it really is, are we going to just, this, I think there's two pictures I've seen of the church coming into this and coming out of this. One lot, and church and Christians, is uh, everything's going to be put on hold. Let's do our best to get through this yep. and get back to how things were. Yep. That's one view. Let's, we just can't wait to get back. We can't wait to get back. And the other one is there's no such thing as an in-between season in God. Yep. In the natural, there's no such thing as an in- There's four seasons. And when one season goes to the next, there's not an in-between. <laughs> from one day to the next, it literally goes from one season yep. to another. One day to the next day, literally from 11.59 to 12 o'clock, is yep. a second and it's another day. There's not an in-between. Yep. And we see this as an in-between almost between how church was and what it will be. Yep. And I feel the Spirit of God say, no, 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 no. Yep. The church is still being going just as strong. We might yep. not have had the physical meetings, yep. but the church hasn't lost its place. The church hasn't totally. lost its identity. The church hasn't lost its ability to hear from God and display God on the earth. In fact, if anything, the gospel has gone further in this yeah. time, hasn't it? Yes, it through has. Through online, through yeah. global. I mean, that which was isolated to a building. Yep. Now you've got even small churches yeah, where they had a small amount of people went there on Sunday. Now the, their sermons are on YouTube and they're being watched by people. Yep. On the other side of the world, yes. praise God, yep. and that's why this is important. Is it right now? It's not. How quickly can we get back to the way it was? Yep. I felt like Father has done the church a favor, hmm. and it's in our busyness. And I'm talking good things, Corey. Come on, yeah. you, you know this. Come, yeah. there's so many good things that we're doing, and they they are good. Yeah. They are wonderful. But how many pastors and leaders? have been so tired and so worn out and burnt out and and feeling anxious about this and overworked about this it's it, when we're in that m- mode yeah the treadmill keeps on going yeah and we might have the courage to maybe stop one little thing or adjust a little thing but father's come with one sweep of his wonderful divine arm and <laughs> cleared the table for us yeah and that's not that's a wonderful thing mm. and so my prayer at this time of emerging is father you've cleared the table this is not now okay great we can put everything back on the table but this is my prayer everything that father has stopped in this time he he's not behind the coronavirus no 
but yeah. he, he's a master architect and master redeemer. Yeah. He said, I have removed everything. What would happen if every church, every pastor, every leader said, Father, if we weren't doing this before, would you ask us to start it now? Yeah. That's profound. Yeah. Out of the 50 things that we were doing, he might say, you know what, those 30, I want, yes. Yeah. I'd ask you to start them now. But those 20, I birthed them. Yeah. But the season is done. Yeah. And even though it's still bearing fruit, isn't it wonderful that God stops some things when they're still bearing fruit, not when they're in decline? Yeah. The natural way is when it declines, we better stop. Yeah. But the prophetic people see that God says, you know what, it's, it's time to stop now, even at a peak. Yeah. Because I'm going to do a new thing. It's really and good. And he's going to birth some things. And some of them are the things that have been birthed in this time. Yeah, and many things that his birth will outlast the season. Yep, but some things were only for the season. So I think it's a time for the church and pastors and leaders to really say it was wonderful what we accomplished in the season. What is meant to carry on? What yep. is meant to stop? What we were doing before? What is meant to restart? And what has had its season yep. run? There's some new things. Corey. Uh, really, really good. And in that, we're looking at a world that um, is hurting. Yes. That is very broken. Yes. That is very distracted by a whole lot of things. What What are you seeing from a from God's perspective? Hmm. We're seeing what's happening in the world. Hmm. What are you seeing from God's perspective for the world? Hmm. And how we, how we, as the church, engage with that? Sure. And that's a huge question. Um, but in on the landscape on the horizon of God's purposes for humanity, um, the gospel hasn't changed. No. The cross hasn't changed. No. Um, God's heart for humanity hasn't changed. But in each season, there's specific things happening. What do you see happening in the dynamics of on on the world stage presently? A lot. <laughs> good, good answer. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say the end, but <laughs> it's so multifaceted, isn't it? Yeah. And our problem is we've made it one-dimensional or maybe two-dimensional. Yeah. And it's multi-dimensional. Yeah. I think it's been very easy pre this. The last three months, our our lives, our world, our churches, our ministries have become largely online. Mm. Would you agree? Yeah. Prior to that, it was largely in-house. And in-house can be very easily to become quite isolated from the world, and we're doing our thing. I think in this time we've become more aware of what's happening around the world because everyone's scrolling through and seeing what they're saying. It's almost like it's almost like the world has come to us through online, online, yeah, and so. It's got our attention. What would be wrong is for us to now withdraw Very back good. into our churches. Yep. And almost the whole, whole focus is of the ch- the world needs to come to us. Yeah. Which is the way largely churches were done. Yeah. Whereas my reading of Jesus and the Bible is um, he sent them. He sent out the yep. 72. He sent out the 12. Go he on, said, mate. you go, you go, you go, you go. Our focus has been invite, invite. So I think there's a, a sense of we've gone. How do we keep going? Yeah. How do we keep going? And we need God's 
voice, God's heart, God's hands on everything, including the racism thing, including what's happening in the economy, including what's happening just um, in in war, different war places. We need God's perspective. Yeah, really good. And do do you know the greatest thing that's needed? For Christians to stop when they're watching the news when they're scrolling through social media, when they're having a conversation, and rather than offer their opinion, because we have this question of, what do you think? And I think, well, that's great. My greater question is, what does God say? Yep, absolutely. I remember where I was the day Osama bin Laden was killed. I was Mm. ministering in South Australia. And there was a sense of celebration on the media, and even amongst the Christians and stuff where I was, because... Obviously, he was a man who brought a lot of terror mm. to a lot of people. And so you understand naturally. But I remember in that moment, I went upstairs, I went aside, and I just asked one question, Father, what do you think? And instantly, I felt Father say, my heart breaks because here's a man I created for a relationship, and I'll never have a relationship with him. Yeah, And it's my will that none should perish. Yeah. In that moment, it's like, I, I even saying it back to you, I could feel yeah. this heart. It's like, but I could go, oh, that's so good because that was, yeah. I could naturally step into it. Yeah. And so what's happening around the world, what would happen if believers, rather than just offering our opinions I agree. and polarizing opinions, you can get three Christians and they say this, but they see this and about how this works with the racism and how this happens with the march and why they do it. God, what do you say? I do believe, Corey, he's got something to say. Yeah. I, I think he's totally. got something to say. And so I, I think that we can actually be the greatest voice, the most culture-shaping voice. Yep. This is a this is our time coming out of this. We don't want to lose our global voice yep. that we've established through online and social media etc we don't want to lose it but we also don't want to misuse it yeah really really good and i think the thread that's running through all of what you're saying is the importance of hearing god's voice let's talk about that for a moment how have you learnt to hear god's voice you are a prophet you're anointed and graced you talked about before about the 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 fivefold gifts of christ Mm being essentially who we are we're, we're appointed yeah. uh, by God and no one calls themselves to an office God calls people Sure. so there is obviously a grace that's on your life however prophecy is one of those gifts and one of those um, ministries that we're all called Paul, the Apostle Paul in First Corinthians 14 we're all called to prophesy we're all called yes. to be able to hear the voice of God Yes. and wherever I go in the world um, and, and and talk about prophecy or intimacy with God or hearing God's voice, there is this hunger Absolutely. that people want to connect with God. They want yes. to hear what God wants to say to them. Mm. How have you gone on that journey sure. where you've developed a sensitivity mm. and an awareness over a period of time and a consistency of recognizing the voice of God? Sure. Absolutely brilliant question. Probably the most often question we're asked yep. in this area. How do I know it's God, not me? You know, yep. that, that, and it's a very, very good question. Yeah, um, I'm going to take a bunch of things and yep. throw them into yep. in, into a, a, something quite concise. I remember the time Father said to me, uh, "We often separate our life into natural and spiritual. 
that God's interested yeah. in the spiritual things when I read my Bible, when I pray, when I go to church. Um, but the natural things like going to work and going to the movies and playing sports, that God's not really interested in that. And people even say things like, yeah. you know, God's not interested in that. He's got the whole world. Like he's limited, Corey, yeah. <laughs> and what he can do. So theologically, that that's just yeah. not right right there. Weird. But I remember the time God said to me, Steve, you've only got one life. There's never a time you're not Steve McCracken. And I died for you not an event or a moment in your life. Yep. So whether you're reading the Bible, praying, prophesying, going to work, going to the movies, playing games, you're the common denominator. Mm. So he said, get rid of natural and spiritual. You're always you. And I want to speak to you. That was just a powerful Power- moment. Yeah, it is powerful. powerful moment. And and so that's one of the things. But I also believe that uh, when it comes to hearing from God, uh, we we often approach it from a fear perspective, not a faith. We yep. we approach it from a question, not a statement. Is this God? And the first time I heard that is when the devil said to Eve, "Did God really say?" Yeah. He loves to use the questions that that start from the point of doubt. Mm. And so often when people uh, think they might have hear hear God, their starting point is, "Is that God?" I start from, "This is God." Yeah. I start from a statement of this is God. And how, how can I say that confidently? This will really empower our hearers. Uh, and some of this I, I learned from Dad, and it's become my own. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in, God, in the Lord, Lord, and he will, place this desi- he will give you the desires of your heart. It's not the fulfillment of what originates in you. It's he will take from his heart, yep. and he will give you the des- He will place his desires in your yep. heart. So if your heart and life is one of, I just love God, you're delighting in God, and you, and you are founded in his word. Outside of his word, forget about hearing from God. My number one thing to people who want to hear from God is read his word. Yeah. And I do occasionally. I'll read it more. Because yeah. he primarily speaks from his word. We want yeah. a shortcut. We want a microwave. Yeah. No, read your word. But upon the foundation of reading God's word and delighting, it says, God says, I will give you the desire of your heart. So any thought, this is how I do it, Corey, any thought or feeling I have that is not contrary to God's word, my starting point is this is God. Wow. Because... I've refused to buy into the enemy, starting with confusion or doubt, double-minded. Good. No, this is God. And I'm talking, Corey, I'm sitting down and, I, and I'm just in my lounge and I think, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. I get up and I feel, no, wait five minutes. So I just sit down and wait five minutes. I'm driving down the road, heading straight ahead. And as I'm going there, I hear this, uh, turn left now. So I just turn left now. I've had times I've turned left and go down 100 meters. And, okay, turn around and go back. And so I just do it. Why? Because it's not against God's word. And is God interested in me waiting for five minutes for a coffee or turn left? No. But this is what he said to me. I just want to know, are you listening? Wow. Because if I can trust you to wait five minutes when it doesn't matter or turn left when it doesn't matter, then I can trust you to speak into the church and into people's really lives. Really if I good. can't trust you when it doesn't matter, yep. I can't trust you when it does matter. And then people say, but what happens if it's not God? It's very simple. If if in Philippians 3.15, it says, You who are mature, if at any time you think differently than you should, the Holy Spirit will actually make it clear to you. Yeah. What a beautiful thing. We've got the body full of uh, the body of Christ full of people that are waiting for green lights from God. And I say, no, the green light, trust the whisper of God. Yeah. Don't wait for the signs and wonders. Yeah. Live from this place of delight. If I hear something, this is God. 
yeah. and I'm going to move forward in obedience. And God, if it's not you, put up a big red stop sign. Yeah, because it says the Holy Spirit Brilliant. will make it clear to you. So change from question to statement, and change from waiting for green light to the absence of a red light. That's the best way to hear from God. And just uh, if you feel it, if you think something, just the longer you delay, yep, the more really likely good. you'll disobey. Very good. That's what God said to me when it comes to hearing from God. You've had some doozies of yep. words that God's given you in moments, haven't you? Yep. And for then sure. and like He gives you something big for someone, and the longer you start to go, oh, I'm not sure, the more likely you don't give it. Mm. And so I, I encourage people again, if you're not rooted and grounded in God's word, yeah, it's going to be. This difficult. does not apply to you, people. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, be in the word. But upon that foundation, just shift it. If you have any thought, feeling, and it's not wrong. Say, this is God. And over a short period of time, you're going to go, I'm actually recognizing God's voice more and more. It's so good. And what I love about what you're sharing is you're talking about stewarding the yep. word, stewarding yep. the voice of God. Mm. It's an issue of stewardship. And I think that's um, critical when it comes to someone who's saying, okay, um, I, I'm I'm on this journey of, of, of hearing the voice of God. And they're starting to hear maybe some directives from heaven about, hey, encourage someone with this word. Sure. So, so they're starting to identify that there could be prophetic grace yeah. at work in their life. And yeah. one of the big misnomers for a lot of believers is out there is that the, the moment they hear a thus says the Lord, they equate that to, oh, you must be a prophet. And just because someone hears the voice of God doesn't mean, A, they've got a gift of prophecy, or B, that they are necessarily a prophet to the body of Christ. Sure. However, for someone who's in those initial stages of there's a, a growing consistency, accuracy, momentum around hearing the voice of God, how would you encourage someone in growing in prophetic grace mm. that maybe God has something more for them in this space that that is yet untapped? Mm. What would be some of that process that mm. would encourage someone along that prophetic journey? Brilliant question. Number one purpose of the gift of prophecy according to 1 Corinthians 14 is strength and encourage comfort yeah. um, it's not the directive nature it's yeah. not the confrontive it's not the corrective nature it's strength and encourage and comfort yeah. and so I would encourage I would encourage people every day to say Father help me to hear from you for one person today Good. every single day and don't expect God to give you a word for someone that in three years they're going to go to Africa and they're going to be there for 15 years and they're going to get married and have 37 children. <laughs> don't, don't. That's from the devil. That's not from God. <laughs> because that itself is is not necessarily comforting. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's alarming, actually. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, but go for, go for, as I said, strength yep. and encourage and comfort. But go looking for it. Ask and then keep your ears open. And again, you hear anything, just step out and encourage and strengthen. And uh, I think the more you ask and the more you do, the more it will grow. Yeah. I mean, I read what it says about, I think it's Acts ten thirty eight when it talks about that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and he went around doing good and healing all who were sick and, yep. and oppressed. And he went around doing good. It didn't say, and he went around and prophesied over everyone and he had a word for everyone. And, and did he have words? Yes, we know he had words of knowledge, words of wisdom, words of prophecy. But he went around doing good. Yeah. 
We've got a lot of people that want to do something grand, but they don't do something good. Hmm. Every day we can do something good. Every yeah. day we can ask yeah. God, how can I encourage? Yeah, and profound. you mentioned those that maybe there's something stirring and they think there might be something more. What do they do now? Might sound the opposite, but I'd say forget about the the where God has taken you. Not forget about it, but hear my heart. Don't focus on maybe there's something more. Uh, what can I do now to get to something more? Yeah. Focus on the now yeah, as good. if that was it. Yep. I was a pastor and I was going to be a pastor for the rest of my life. And God didn't even really give me a glimpse into more. And I think there's something in that because the more glimpse he gives you of where you're going, you want to run to the greatest dissatisfaction where you are presently. Really good. And the greatest way we honor God and serve people is right now today. That's all I've got a guarantee of. God, who can I encourage? Who can I strengthen? Who can I comfort? And have your ears open. And as you're going through your day, you will hear whispers. If you want it, you will hear whispers from God. But it won't be overly profound. The more you do it, the more that will grow. Really good. I think when I was in a season years ago, feeling a sense of dissatisfaction with the present. Yeah. Um, there was I, I identified there was this almost overreaching in my own heart for the future, and sure. I remember God saying to me, "Son, focus on the process and let me take care of the outcome." Come on, and that Come one on. phrase then developed into a message that I preach all over the world that helps so many people because so often we're trying to control outcomes 100%. that we have God has not asked us to control. That's right. And I think, again, this whole COVID season has showed us you cannot control the outcome. <laughs> or anything. You cannot control yeah. <laughs> the circumstances, but what you can do is yep. respond to the process that's in front Come of on. you. Yeah, And Wonderful. steward that and, and be faithful to that. And so for some pastors and leaders out there who maybe their church... Uh, cultures and environments are not familiar with the prophetic. Maybe there hasn't been a lot of teaching around the prophetic. And praise God, we're seeing the prophetic restored to the church in this day and in this time. How would you recommend a leader or a pastor of a church or a leader of a a ministry begin to integrate more of the prophetic ministry into the life of the church? Because it seems to me that a lot of churches are really strong, maybe when it comes to the pastoral dimension of caring for people. Or there could even be a really strong teaching dynamic. There could be a, a strong evangelistic heart, but often the prophetic and the apostolic particularly are are left found wanting. How have you encouraged or seen work really well the integration of prophetic ministry, not just with a a visiting speaker, that's part of it, but in the culture and lifeblood of the church? Again, great question. Um, The pastor needs to want it. Yep. Um, And again, we... We like to put a label on things. Was that a word of knowledge? Was that a word of wisdom? Was maybe was that pro- which is which? And yeah. I think sometimes God goes, "Listen, kids, don't worry about putting the label on it. <laughs> Just get on with it. <laughs> Just listen to me and yeah. do what I say. Can yeah. we? Can we? Can we do that?" Yeah. And my assumption would be that every pastor, if they're a pastor, they should be ones that are walking with God and they yeah. should be hearing God. So they. They are therefore by nature they are prophetic. Yes, uh, it doesn't matter if the the essence is hearing from God. Yeah. Every pastor's got to hear from God. Yeah. So if his desire is number one, it should flow from him down. It really does. The whole, you know, yeah. flows from the head down. And so, 
I, I, I think that the, even them and their and their teaching and their communication that it comes. Sometimes the teaching and the preaching can come from almost like a a, a nice packaged. Yeah. Here's how, how to do. I'd encourage every pastor and every leader to be modeling hey I was with God yeah. <laughs> and God spoke to me and there's things going on and, and I, I, I lent into God and and this is what I felt him saying so this is what we want to share this morning what I feel God is saying about even that language m- models really that good. I'm hearing from God yeah. I'm not just responding with a verse or a scripture or a thought here and and and, and again uh, the Ephesians 4 the the whole purpose of the fivefold that is simply one thing to equip the saints yeah it's to equip the saints for yeah. many things yeah maturity and yeah. unity yeah. and um works of service all these things but it's to to equip to to furnish and to repair the greeks really and good. i love that it's like a picture of a home that you yeah. buy and go this is glorious but if there's no furniture you can't <laughs> you can't live in and inhabit it yeah and sometimes over time things get run down and so you repair them that's actually what our purpose is and so to bring someone in i know you said it's not exclusively that and i agree with you but to bring someone in that yeah. carries the mantle it, the focus of a prophet in, in in a certain church should not be he's going to prophesy over e- yeah. everyone but something in the atmosphere in the spirit yeah. realm is really going to be good. shifted they're actually going to equip every person um to actually hear from god themselves i think pastors actually encouraging every individual that you can hear from God. I love what A.W. Tozer said, how tragic that in this evil day we have had our seeking done for us by our teachers. Wow. Really good. How good is that? Yep. And I I feel it just comes to me now how tragic that in this evil day we've had our hearing <laughs> done for us by our pastors yep. or by <clears throat> our prophets mm. or by our leaders. Now, we should hear from them. But... Th- my greatest responsibility is not to hear from God for a person, but to en- empower them to hear from God for yep, themselves. It's a whole it. f- fishing, yeah. catch a fish or teach them the fish thing. Yeah. And so we've got to, we've got to, we've got to empower the people to actually believe they can hear from God. Yep. There's only one Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> the Holy Spirit in Joe sitting in the back seat, who's just got saved, that is now filled with the Spirit of God. They are alive by the Spirit. It's the same Spirit that's in you, Pastor Corey, yeah, that's in myself. Yep. And so I actually think it's a belief from the head down that you can hear from God and modeling it that way and then bringing people in and, and speaking that way and taking time. Here's one last thing. Taking time in meetings, in small groups, taking time. We often open in prayer. Mm. We are not Numa. I praise God for Numa. <laughs> but a lot of places have gone and a lot of churches I've been in, it's almost like we, we do the Christian thing. We open in prayer and then we get on with what we do. What would happen if we open and we're just going to wait on God for a moment? That's it. And right now in this moment, I know that God wants to speak to you. Yeah. So let's just take a moment and say, God, would you speak? And then just listen. Mm. I often do that when I go to churches. Yeah. And the amount of times people say in that moment, God just started giving me a picture. God, create... Li- Listen. Yeah, create space. Create space. Yeah, really good. Be still. So helpful. What would you say is one of the greatest lessons you've learned in ministry? It may not have to do with, um, you know, prophetic or hearing God's voice, but it could. But what's one of the greatest lessons you've learned? 
different is different, not wrong. Wow. When I see black and white prophetic that I am, when I see things different over the years, I've said, mm, what are they doing it like that for? What is that ministry? Why is that pastor? I watch things like that. And God just arrested me one day and says, different is different. It's not wrong. Really, really The good. more I learn yeah. in God, the deeper I go into God, the more I know about his word. I'm maturing. I'm 47 now. The more I grow and learn, the more I realize I really don't know. <laughs> and I'm not talking about I don't know that Jesus is the son of God. I know yeah, that. Yeah. I, I know. I know that. But the God is inexhaustible. Mm. The way He does things. Mm. Come on. Mm. One time He says to Moses, "You hold out your staff." And when He did, the water's part of. Fast forward forty years, and you've got God speaking to Joshua and all these people who've heard the stories. He said, "Send in the priests and Levites." And I wonder, people are going, "That's not how you do it. You got to hold up a stick." Yeah. Jesus healed people all different ways. Why? Because He said, "I don't want you to think this is how you do it." Mm. What works is what God says to a person in a moment. It's not what works yeah that's it and so that's for me is like you know disciples came to Jesus and said there's guys down the street and they're not part of us you need to tell them to stop and he said no you stop if they're not against me they're for me yeah so that's one of my greatest lessons the body of Christ is so beautiful every part fitly joined together if they're not going against God yep. I don't care how they're different it is or even how uncomfortable I am I want to celebrate it not judge it really that's good. my lesson Brilliant. If you had uh, uh, last three breaths and you could make three clear statements. I'll make them real long breaths. <laughs> concise statements with uh, friends and family around you, people that were dear to you, apart from obviously I love you, apart from, sure. you know. See you soon. See you soon. Uh, what, what would you say? What would bring a crystal clear focus for you in terms of what's dear and important to you? Stay humble before God. Stay, stay, keep God in the right perspective. Yep. Your life is in Him. My life is in Him. Without Him, I don't live, move, breathe. Brilliant. It's all about Him. It's all about your life's in Him. Stay learning. Stay loving people. So good, mate. Keep short accounts. Yeah. You know, just, I mean, there is so much, isn't there, Corey? But keep... Keep it about, keep it about for pastors and leaders. If I say it to them, I say, keep it about walking with God more than working for God. Yeah, really good. He likes to do things with us more than he likes us to do things for him. Yep, so good, mate. Well, Steve, I want to thank you so much for sharing today on perspective itself, on kingdom perspectives. Um, how would people stay connected to your ministry, maybe avail themselves of some resources or this email that you send out, Believing in You? How can people stay connected with you? Um, davidmccracken.org is our website, all things, and there's articles, blogs, videos. There's, it's actually a resource center for how to hear from God, how to develop your gift. That's beautiful. Yeah. The daily devotion is Believing in You dot com dot au believing in you and that's just again it's just subscribe there get that however you want and um, those two platforms would point you to anything else we've got but I just encourage people feed yourself yeah you know this is a time where we're going from milk to meat and part of again you go to the Ephesians four actually empowering people to feed themselves so I encourage everyone be as close to God as you want to be and go as deep as you can. 
It's wonderful, Steve. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone for listening to Kingdom Perspectives. I'm Corey Turner, and it's been a privilege to host you today. I encourage you to click on the subscribe button to automatically receive this podcast on a weekly basis. Also, if you'd like to leave us a brief review, that would be a great encouragement to us. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and I invite you to join me again next week for another edition of Kingdom Perspectives as we get God's perspective on life, culture and ministry. And remember, in all that you do, seek first the kingdom of God.